Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. This podcast is scheduled for April 7th, so some of you will be listening to it probably on that date or afterwards, and then I'll post the video a few days later. So by the time you hear this or see this, a few weeks will have passed because it's actually March 16th today that I'm recording this, which just, just happens to be my 73rd birthday. And thanks so much to all of you who wished me happy birthday. I appreciate it so very much. Well, when I'm recording this on March 16th, it's at the time when uh, all kinds of things have been canceled because of the coronavirus. Who knows by the time you hear this three or four weeks from now exactly what the situation will be. I just had to make the decision, along with my friend Don Keithley, to cancel the conference that he was going to come and do with us in Lawrence, Kansas on April 24th to 26th, and I really hated to do that. Don is such a wonderful guy. He's such a great speaker, such a good friend. He has so much to say. He's one of the leading voices in the Grace Finished Work and Inclusion uh, voice of today, and we'll do it later on, and so it'll happen, and it'll be fine, but it just kind of makes me sad to do that, just like it made me sad to hear that the uh, NCAA basketball season had ended prematurely when our beloved Kansas Jayhawks were ranked number one in the country, and I had as good a chance as anybody to end up as national champions. Probably, well, not probably, something that also affected me as a baseball fan is the delay of the Royal season, but it will happen sometime. So I want to talk to us today about that virus. Lots of people have been talking about it and giving their take on it. I want to talk about testing positive for the virus, the capital T-H-E, the virus. Definition of virus, a short definition of it from a dictionary is an extremely tiny parasite that can only reproduce if it is in a living being. Well, most of the time we think of a virus as being a bad thing, but a spiritual virus can be a good thing. For example, the joy virus is a good virus that reproduces from joyful people. A short time ago, my wife Kitsy and I and our friends J. Allen DeVell Gray got to go to Wichita to hear Brian and Candace Simmons and some other folks lead what they called the Joy Conference. And at that conference, they talked about testing positive for the Joy virus. That's a virus that we all have, whether we know it or not. We have actually all already tested positive for the Joy virus. We are all joy-filled, and now we have a choice as to whether or not to be and act and live joyful. I'm going to take you through a few scriptures here to set the stage for this, and then I'm going to give you some undeniable 
concrete, objective reasons to be joyful, no matter what's happening on the outside. Most of you who uh, have some Bible knowledge know that what's called the fruit of the Spirit, or the character or the nature of God, is described by the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And actually, probably the best way to translate this is the fruit of the Spirit is love, then with a colon, because all the other things that come after it are expressions of love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, and all of these expressions of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, the faith of Christ, being under control of the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit power, and many other things that aren't listed in that particular passage. So the very first fruit of the Spirit, that the love of God, which is in us, the very first fruit that is produced in us and already has been is joy. The Holy Spirit of Christ lives in us, and the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are never separated, so they're all three in us. They did that, Ephesians tells us, before the beginning of time. So you already have God living in you. You already have the fruit of the Spirit in you. It's not something that we work up or come up with or mature to where we produce it. No, it's already there. You are already joy-filled. You may not know that. You may not live like that. You may not experience it all the time. But the truth is, you are filled with joy. Now, once we know that truth, then we have the choice to choose to be and act and live joyful. Let me give you some scripture here. Philippians 2, verse 13. The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Philippi. He's writing this while he's in jail, by the way. And it wasn't a nice work release type jail that we have now. The conditions were deplorable. He says to us, to you and me, to everybody, it's not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, strengthening and energizing and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. God put joy in you, and then he energizes that. The word in the passage where he's effectively at work, the Greek word is energio, N-E-R-E-N-E-R-G-E-O, to be operative, to be at work, to put forth power, to work for somebody, to aid, to affect. God filled you with joy and many other things, and he is effectively working, energetically working right now to work out his will and his plan in you. And we cooperate with him as Jesus literally lives as us. Now, let's look some more at this joy thing. Proverbs 1530, the writer says, a cheerful look, which is a smile, a cheerful look, brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. You know, something that we can actually change our environment with is just by smiling with a cheerful look. I try this all the time. I don't try it. I I do it. And, you know, I'll be sitting in a coffee shop or walking into a store or walking through a group of people or whatever, and I'll just smile and ask Jesus to live as me. And I start seeing people who aren't even looking at me, maybe looking a different way or they're looking down. They'll look up. They'll look at me and they'll smile. And as they smile, somebody else smiles. That's a, a great, wonderful way that we can literally affect people all the time. And the scripture says a cheerful look 
brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. We can actually affect people's health. Now, here's what Jesus' half-brother James, or his original name was Jacob, here's what he writes in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. He says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, and it can seem that way today, can it, with all the closings of the different things and being shortages of food and, and not being able to travel and not being able to get together and do different things like that, that's a difficulty. He says, When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. That's an unbelievable thing. When we're facing seemingly difficulties, nothing but difficulties, we can look at it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that we possibly can. And he goes on to say, you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. And it's not that God tests our faith. That's not the way to to understand this passage. It's the faith of Christ that's in us when we know we have that. When we access that, when we believe that, when we take sides with Jesus, then our faith literally is passing the test and showing us that it really is the faith of Christ, and it really is good. Back in the Old Testament, in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah was leading the Jewish people when they were rebuilding the temple. It was a a, a really, really hard job, and especially because they were being attacked by enemies from outside the wall and people even inside the wall that were trying to stop them. And, well, they finished the wall. And so getting ready to celebrate, Nehemiah said, Nehemiah 8.10, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, be sorrowful, dejected, be worried, be sad, be depressed, or mourn. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And in just a minute, we're going to see what the joy of the Lord actually is. And you're going to love it. Apostle Paul wrote this. I call this the Popeye verse because some translations of 1 Corinthians 15.10 say, I am what I am by the grace of God. This translation, the Passion Translation says, God's amazing grace has made me who I am. And his grace to me was not fruitless. In fact, I worked harder than all the rest, yet not in my own strength, but God's. For his empowering grace is poured out in me. And that's what we talk about when we use the phrase living as one or oneness in action. We're not doing things in our own strength. We're not trying. We're not working hard to come up with something or produce something. It's actually Christ in us living his life as us, using our body, our mind, our personality, our mouth, our speech, our abilities, and all those things. It's not us in our own strength, but it's Christ living as us. Paul later wrote in Romans 14, verses 17 and 19, the kingdom of God, what we're already in, this is not some far off thing like heaven and the sweet by and by. No, the kingdom of God, as Jesus said, is in us right here and now. And Paul says the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules, but it is in the realm of the Holy Spirit filled with righteousness, 
which means we have been made right with God already, peace and joy. Where we are right now, what's in us right now, because the kingdom of God is in us, is filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. He goes on to say, serving God, the anointed one, Jesus, by walking in these kingdom realities is beautiful to God, and it earns the respect of other people who are watching us. So then, make it your top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage and bring joy to one another. If you want to start memorizing Bible verses, which is not a bad thing, you don't gain any points with God by doing that, but start with 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, just three words, be joyful always, be joyful always, goes on to say, pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, those are wonderful verses. Some of those I've known for over 30 years. Some of them, most of those, I memorized them by one translation or another. And sometimes when I was dejected or sad or worried, I would say one of those verses like, be joyful always. And I'd bring it to mind. I'd just say it over and over again, because I was taught that if you just memorize this verse and then whenever you need help, you just pray that verse, then you'll magically be joyful. Well, that didn't work. (laughs) Not for me anyway. Sometimes I fooled myself or lied to myself in trying to convince myself it did, but it actually didn't. None of those verses, my experience, will be beneficial to you or me or anyone unless and until we know who God really is, who you really are, and who lives joyfully in you and as you. See, if you don't even believe in God, And you say, be joyful always, be joyful always. That's a Bible verse, be joyful always. That's not going to do you any good. If you believe in God as a distant, detached, angry deity that's keeping a a list of all the things that you're doing wrong and you're not being joyful enough and he's marking that down on his list, saying be joyful always is only going to add to your guilt and your shame and your feeling condemned. No, those verses will not be beneficial Unless and until you know who God really is, how good God is, how God is in us, how God is for us, how there's nothing bad in him at all, and who we really are because of what he's done, not because of what we've done, and knowing that Jesus, joy himself, the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Spirit is joy, already lives in you right now. You're already filled with joy. Now, I want to go back to Nehemiah. The joy of the Lord is your strength. What is the joy of the Lord? What makes God joyful? You. You just as you are, just as you have always been, just as God has always known you to be. You are the joy of the Lord. I don't believe it brings God necessarily any joy to know that he created the Rocky Mountains or the Pacific Ocean or the Grand Canyon or the Himalayas or I mean, those are all cool. I mean, think about creating Jupiter and Mars and, you know, obviously he created all of that. But what makes God joyful is you because you were created in his likeness and in his image and he created you to be one of his children. 
He is the Father of all people. He is in all and through all and for all. We were all created for him. We're his family. We are his joy. That's what the joy of the Lord is. And that, knowing that, is what gives you strength to make it through anything, strength to trust God, and strength to be joyful as well as joy-filled. Look at these different things that bring us great joy. Once we know them and believe them and have the correct understanding of God as a good God who loves us and is for us and has already done everything, look at these things that are that bring joy to me and to everyone who believes them. You, you've got to realize that it's true. And in believing, it's just effortlessly believing what God has already revealed to you. God loved you before creation, and God will never stop loving you. God conceived of you, formed a devised a plan or an idea in his mind. God conceived you before creation. God designed you before creation. You're not an accident. He designed you exactly the way you are. God chose you before creation. He chose you to be in Christ, to be in his family, and he chose when you would come to earth and when you were would be born and live here and when you would come back to be with him in a spiritual sense. God ordained your birth. He orchestrated it all. God has always known you, always liked you, and always delighted over you. God created you to take up a specific place in this time and space, and only you can be there. God gifted you. God has lavished all the riches of heaven on you already before creation. God has blessed you as much as he can possibly bless you. God, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, before creation, included you in their divine triune circle dance of love in all its expressions, joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and the faith of Christ and the Holy Spirit power and grace and mercy and compassion and fun, everything before creation. You are already joy-filled. God's mighty power continually empowers and energizes you. You may not be aware of that. You may not feel like that. You may not even know that. But that's objectively true. God wants you to subjectively take sides with him and believe. That's what confess means. The original word that we translate as confess, the Greek word confess, simply means to agree with or to say the same thing as. We want to say the same thing as God. We want to believe all of these things, saying the same thing that God says. God's mighty power continually empowers and energizes you. God has literally given you the mind of Christ. You have access to the mind of Christ. God made you one with him, with the Trinity, before creation. You're one with the Trinity. You're one with God. You always have been and you always will be. Nothing you ever can do can affect that. God has literally given you the desires of your heart because they're the desires of his heart. The things that you like to do, whether it's play music or do art or sing or dance or teach or garden or paint or whatever, God put those desires into your heart and they're actually the desires of his heart. He loves them too. He gave them to you. You have tested positive already for the joy virus. You are God's joy. That is your strength. Now, once you know that, not just 
intellectually know that, not so that you can fill that out on a true and false test or write an essay about it. When you know that, when you experientially, when you know that personally, intimately, when you know God and you hear God himself saying those things to you, revealing those things to you, assuring you of those things, when you believe those things, when you just take sides with God, when you confess, when you say the same things that God does, when you agree with all of that, then you are going to not only be filled with joy, but you're going to be joyful. Now, when things happen, like the coronavirus, when when we have to cancel events, when things get shut down, when we can't go to our favorite restaurant or go on a vacation we wanted to do or whatever— are we sad about that? Well, of course, we don't stick our head in the sand or we just don't not pay any attention. Of course, those, those feelings of sadness, they're real. But something that overrides those is the deep abiding objective truth that we are the joy of the Lord. And all of those things that I said to you before, those are objectively true. Happiness comes from happenings. And we not, might not be happy with the happenings of our favorite season being canceled or something like that, but that's happiness that comes from happenings. That's separate from joy. Joy is much, much, much deeper, much, much, much more overriding. So yeah, we can be sad about something. We can be sad when we get a bad health report or when a loved one passes away. You know, those things happen. As you know, as James said, whenever these things happen, choose to see them as an opportunity to experience the joy that you do have knowing that you and that other person are in Christ and will be forever. Yes, when somebody dies, we're sad that we don't get to be together with them anymore, but we know they are with God forever in another dimension, and we will one day be with them where all those who have gone before us are. If you know that truth about God and God's love for us and Jesus' finished work at the cross and inclusion, then yes, we're sad when we don't get to be with somebody for a while, but we have the underlying joy of knowing we will be with them and we'll be with them forever in bodies that never die, that never get sick, that never have aches and pains, where there are no tears, where there's only and always good. Once we have that foundation, no matter what happens in happenings, we can be not only joy-filled, but joyful. Hey, I'm joyful on my birthday, even though I'm 73 years old. I used to always look at my life, you know, when I was 30, I thought, well, you know, I'm only maybe, a, I got two-thirds of my life yet to live. And then when I was 40, I thought, oh, well, maybe I got half of my life or whatever to live. And then when I got to be 50 and 60, I, I quit thinking like that. Who knows how much time I have? But I am full, not only full of joy, filled with joy, but I'm joyful knowing that whatever happens in my re remaining days here, God is with me. Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit live in me. When things are right with them, and they always are, things are right with me and with everyone else. Hope this is encouraging and helpful and joyful to you all. Thanks for listening and watching another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. I'll see you all next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, 
how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.